Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. So good to have you with us, everybody. Happy Monday. It is March 7th, 2016. We say that because many of you listen to this podcast on a downloaded basis. It's always nice to know which one you're listening to, starting off with that. Welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Today on the Hot Topics segment, we are very excited to have two very distinguished gentlemen joining us. We have Jess Letterman and Jeff Lebowitz, known as Dr. J, will be joining us. We're going to be talking about the Mortgage Banking Handbook 2020, and it's a very exciting publication, and I think it's an essential piece of work that I had the privilege of contributing to. So uh, it's actually Jess Letterman that came up with the idea, and all of the proceeds of this three-volume book is going to benefit um, ALS. It's also developed benefiting the MBA's Foundation Open Doors program, a number of things. Really looking forward to this segment, and uh, want to make our listeners well aware of this valuable resource and we're going to be talking about that again in the hot topic segment again this podcast broadcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals and we're the proud recipient of the innovation award from progress and lending we're very grateful for that i also want to say a special thank you to our sponsors special thank you to arch mi the creator of the new innovative rate star product we'll hear about that a little bit later also motivity solutions the mortgage industry's leading business intelligence technology in the nation, providing real-time reporting as well as dashboards and scorecards. It's really an important tool, and we're going to talk more about it. In fact, we got the KPI of the week coming up here shortly. Also, a special thank you to our sponsor, Velma, who is also does an outstanding job of getting the word out, sending out thousands of emails about the, each podcast that we're doing here each week and informing you about what's going on. If you're not signed up, email us. We'll make sure you get on the list. But you can go to Velma, Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant, Velma.com, V-E-L-M-A.com. Check it out. Excellent tool. And then also Simplifile, a great service that promoting or that communicates in a post-trid world. It's really timing is of essence when it comes to communications. If you're waiting for emails and the latest updates, it's just not acceptable. With Simplify, you can collaborate with settlement agents by the way of real-time chat and messaging. You can also track and receive and share and validate documents all on a real-time basis. Very interesting, very innovative. And if you haven't gone back and listened to Nancy Ali, who, Ali, who we had on the podcast here a few weeks ago, go back, search on our website for that. It's only a few weeks ago that we had her on. Really interesting podcast, and it's getting downloaded a lot. Check it out. Also go to their web web page at simplifile.com or call them at 1-800-460-5657. Of course, you, I want to say thank you to Alice and Joe and Andy and Paul and Sam and everyone else who makes this podcast possible. Joe Farr is traveling today, and normally uh, we would be having him do it, but I'm going to give it. But, oh, first of all, I've got to cover the NBA conferences. Very important. I was uh, emailing and uh, going back and forth um, with Marcia Davies. She, they're very grateful that what we do to help get the word out about these conferences. Uh, April 3rd through the 6th is the National Technology Conference at the JW Marriott in LA, I'll be doing a live podcast from the DNH booth there. Very excited about that. And also, we have April 7th with a single family rental finance workshop that's going on downtown Washington, D.C. at the Renaissance Hotel. Also, April 11th through the 12th, we have the state and local workshop at the Capitol Hilton. Uh, very important to do this. And in conjunction with that, we have the National Advocacy Conference, and that's at Capitol Hilton. Uh, as well. May 1st, uh, we have the Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Conference, Hyatt Regency in Denver. Don't want to miss any of these. Check out all the conferences and conventions and education available at the MBA website. Also, if you haven't signed up for the Mortgage Action Alliance, do so right now. Let's get into talking about what happened at this. Again, 
Joe does such a good job, and I really appreciate it when he's on here each and every week. Right now, I've got their website, his website up, mbsquoteline.com. Looking at it, it looks like the market, the prices are falling just slightly. Mortgage rates are just inching up. So it's going to be a very um, there's well, there's no economic data today, but last week we saw um, MBS prices fall 11.30 seconds. It was the largest drop in prices of any week we've seen thus far this year, pushing rates higher. The cause of last week's was better than expected economic data, and you know I look at it and I, I see it as a mix. Some see it as better than it, well, it was definitely better than expected. Uh, but there was also really some interesting things going on, very mixed. More importantly, the report showed that the prices paid um, uh, were, uh, let's see here, oh, the manufacturing index. That came in better than expected. Also, stronger jobs report on Friday. Let's get my notes mixed up here. And many more new jobs than expected. It came in 242,000 versus the 190,000 expected. Now, what's interesting about this is that the unemployment rate stayed unchanged, but what's interesting is we're seeing the average wages not going up. So while we have job growth, we're not seeing the much-desired wage growth. Um, not a lot of concern about inflation as a result. This week, again, we have a very light economic calendar. Jobless claims will be coming out on Thursday. We'll be paying attention to those. Again, that's a weekly report, so take a look at that. Import prices will give us some insight as to what's happening. We do have the ECB, uh, the European Central Bank meeting, and that announcement is going to be on Thursday. Most likely we're going to expect to see additional quantitative easing going on in those markets, and uh, some expect that to do some additional bond purchases. Now, with that, we could see that benefiting the equities, the stock market. As a result, we could see mortgage rates continue to deteriorate some as a result of that. That's my thoughts. That's not Joe's. Joe's very careful not to go into predicting where rates are going. I admire him for that. But I, I don't predict it, but it's like anticipating what's going to be happening. Welcome your thoughts on this uh, as to what is going on in the markets. Also, if you haven't already done so, go check out the MBS Quote Line website. Folks, we're going to be right back with Paul Mallow, and then hopefully Alice Alvey get her on here. She's going to the airport. Hopefully she'll have time to come in and dial in and speak with us. We'll be right back with Paul Mallow after this brief break. Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility for the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked the loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quote Line can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quote Line monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text message. These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quote Line, you'll never be out of touch with the market. Whether you're in the office or on the road, see for yourself what MBS Quote Line can do for you. Go to MBSQuoteLine.com to start a risk-free two-week trial. MBSQuoteLine.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin. Good to have you with us, as always. And I'm looking. There's Paul Malo's... Uh, Finally got his mic, found him, he's on. Paul Mallow, good to have you with us. And folks, if you're not familiar with the website, M, uh, imfnews.com, you need to check it out. Get signed up for the weekly newsletter. Paul, good to have you here with us, my friend. How are things going? Oh, things are going well. What's going on? Yeah, so <laughs> when you, you want me to go over the news? Well, we want to go over the news. Well, Paul... <laughs> Always love your commentary on all of this. Uh, by the way, we have some of your old friends on here, Jeff Letterman and Jeff Lebowitz. They're going to be on in the Hot Topic segment, so you can say hi to them and dial in and listen to what yeah, these good, good have people. To say. I, always, I always enjoyed their insights on the market, uh, especially Jeff's uh, Mortex study, which the uh, industry used to uh, wait with bated breath every year about all the new trends. It was a great, great tool for the industry, by the way. So anything those guys do, uh, we carefully look at. And uh, yeah, Jeff actually gave us a sneak preview of something he was up to on that, and we mentioned it last week on on the website. Okay. But yeah, let's yeah. talk about the news today, um, the non-political news. Uh, Jumbo MBS drought is about to end. Uh, Two Harbors is working on uh, a Jumbo MBS. This is interesting because it's now March. March, what are we looking at? March seventh, and there's been two deals all year, and that's that's not good. Um, yeah. Right now, Two Harbors hopes to issue a $331 million security, um, and we're not sure when pricing is going to come to market, but it's going to be sometime this week. 
a number of lenders are contributing to that bond, and it's just good to see the uh, jumbo MBS uh, apparatus up and running again. Trade has been a big part of this. We've talked about trade on this show, and we we write about it all the time on the website. Uh, you know, the whole thing with the, the MBA clarifying letter. Investors in the secondary market still aren't happy, uh, but there is some progress afoot, I am told, and we'll, we'll be working on a follow-up uh, for later in the week. But there's something's going on uh, regarding TRID and uh, possibly the rating agencies, so we'll probably talk more about that next week. Yeah, yeah Great keep teaser. open. Great teaser. Yeah, keep there's a teaser post. for you. Got to sign up for this. Go sign up right now. IMF News. Yeah. Check it out. Okay, what else we got going uh, GSC MBS market share continues to fall. Um, you know, that's not uh, huge news. Ginny May keeps, uh, you know, gobbling uh, little pieces of the market up here and there. Yeah. Fannie and Freddie uh, continue to issue their securities. Um, you know, Ginny, listen, Ginny May is a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, what's so amazing about all this is, you know, Fannie and Freddie, you know, people talk, oh, they still dominate the market. Oh, well, yeah, sure they dominate the market, but FHA has really come way up the last couple of years. Uh, that premium rate cut last year helped boost FHA market share and therefore Ginnie Mae. Uh, and even though the government continues to go after some of the mega banks and the mid-sized banks on underwriting, alleged underwriting problems, for years past, the non-banks uh, keep entering the FHA business and they issue securities, and Ginny, Ginny May share has gone up. Uh, just something to keep an eye on. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, MBA, uh, you know, they're still hoping for clarity uh, on the whole TRID error issue. We just talked about that a little bit. Uh, there's some kind of conference call with the agency set shortly, we're told. Uh, Dave Stevens talked to us late last week a little bit about it in an email exchange. Uh, he basically said he thinks there's resistance to making formal changes, but he, David is trying to keep the lines of communication open. Uh, he's not the one who told us about uh, what might be coming up with the rating agencies, by the way. We have the sources uh, talking to us on that. Uh, Dave just gave us an on-the-record comment about what he could talk right. about. And it's in that story. Uh, Joe Garrett and Garrett McCauley. Uh, Joe, he runs a consulting business on the West Coast. You might know Joe. Uh, he always puts out a, an interesting client newsletter every week or every other week. Uh, and they're talking. They know someone who's got a wholesale mortgage production team that's funding roughly $120 million a month. They're looking for a new home. That story's on the website. Uh, also, Brandon Ivy today had a story. It comes from one of our uh, non-conforming newsletters. Talks about Ellington and their non-QM goals. They hope by the end of the year to be funding roughly, or buying, I should say, 15 to 20 million a month in non-QM loans. That's you know annualized. It's over 200 million. Uh, you know, non-QM is an interesting part of the business. Small, still growing. A lot of people have a lot of hopes for that business, but. You know, we'll see what happens. Again, some of this is ties back to TRID. If we can get all these TRID and the minor TRID errors, something worked out with the regulators and the rating agencies to make the secondary market more comfortable, might open up that business even more. Well, in short takes, uh, Lenders One, uh, that's uh, the cooperative that's uh, owned or managed by uh, AltaSource, a unit of AltaSource. They have their uh, annual users and members conference in New Orleans. I think it started yesterday and runs through Wednesday. Uh, they have yet to name a permanent CEO. There's an interim. Jeff McGinnis resigned back in, um, I guess it was June, late June of last year. So they're working on, well, I'm told they're working on hiring a permanent CEO. That hasn't happened yet. After nine months, you got to wonder what's going on. But, um, you know, they also put out saying membership is, uh, you know, they had a big increase in dividends last year. So that's always good. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. One other interesting thing of note, Greg Parsegian, um He's been a, a member of the board of PHH for several years now. Uh, he used to be yeah. at Freddie Mac, and, of course, he cut his teeth yeah. on Wall Street as an MBS trader. Je I'm sure Jess Letterman knows him because Jess used, used to be on the street many years ago in the MBS business. Uh, he's announced, told the board of PHH Corp. that he'll be retiring. Um, you know, uh, He's been an important part of that board. PHH, of course, is... 
you know, had regulatory struggles, uh, you know, had mark-to-market problems on their servicing. They hope to post a profit this year. Their stock is way down from, uh, you know, 52-week high. Uh, people keep looking at that company and, you know, are looking for lo- looking for a way forward. And him retiring from the board it could mean absolutely nothing, And you know, but it's, it's news. So we put it up there. And so that's sort of the long and the short. Uh, one other personnel note I'll just mention quickly. I should have mentioned earlier. Amy Brandt or yeah, Amy, Amy Brandt Schumacher, Schumacher has joined Schumacher, yeah. uh, New Penn Financial. <laughs> That's uh, a non-bank lender where Ru- uh, Lou Ranieri, MBS Godfather, grandfather, whatever you want to call him, um, all of the above. He uh, yeah, he owns part of that thing. So uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Amy's yeah. got a long, long resume in the business. And a lot of people probably on this call know Amy, so I figured we'd throw that out there. Yeah, as well. in fact, I was just talking to. Uh, to um, Jerry Schiano about that, and then also t- talking to Amy. So, yeah, exciting thing to see what's going on there. And I'm going to have them come on and talk about some of the programs that they're working on right now. So, uh, you st- stay tuned. You- you'll be on top of it before I will be with a weekly uh, radio program. But uh, then, yeah, this is a great website, folks. If you want to find out what's going on, check out imfnews.com. imfnews.com. Paul and the team do a great job of covering everything as it's moving, not and in the rearview mirror, it's literally as it's in your windshield. So take a look at it. I love this site, and I appreciate you so much for coming on and being a part of this, my friend. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Let's switch over to Alice Alvey. I know she's in route to, or in route or in the process of getting to the airport. I'm not sure if you're left yet, or I know you don't. I think your tra- travels are actually a little later, but it's good to have you, Alice. Thanks so much for dialing in, giving us a quick update on the legislative front. How's things going, Alice? Yeah, everything's fine, Dave. Yes, and thank you for accommodating my crazy schedule today. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I want, one of the main things I wanted to let everybody know is the uh, NMLS came out with an interpretation of, uh, in, you know, they say clarifying the definition of an application as you should be reporting on your call reports. And this is effective January 1st of 2016, so it's retroactive. Um, so for those of you who are starting to look ahead to filing your first quarter reports, you want to make sure that you get this right. It's something that uh, we've talked about on the show many times where companies are not in all cases getting the application count correct on their NMLS reports. They're using the HMDA definition for filing these reports because that's an application with the six pieces. Well, NMLS has always said that an ECOA application is one that should be reported. And when you look at this expanded or clarification in the definition that they published, you're really picking up almost any time you've pulled a credit report. So this is really something you've got to take a look at, make sure you're looking at the scenarios. You know, it basically says and, and expands even an ECOA definition to include every time you pull the credit report unless you otherwise have controls in place to make sure pulling a credit report isn't considered an ECOA application. And you can put three ter- attorneys in a room and get four opinions on that one. So <laughs> what I want to make yeah, sure... Yeah, it's like economist. <laughs> it's like economist. Attorneys and, and economists. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, you can spend hours talking with companies about how to handle the pre-qualification and the inquiry and the pre-approval buckets and trying to write diagrams that help everybody get in the right spot. Uh, so we're happy to help with that. It is something you really need to take a good look at. Clearly with the fact NMLS has written so much detail about it, means their auditors are watching this closely. Um, so like any report, like a Humda report, when you go to file that call report quarterly, the numbers need to make sense. For example, compare it to your credit report bill and see how far off you are for the number of credit reports run versus the number of applications in the system, just as an example. And if those are very far off, make sure your policy is clear as to how all those credit reports weren't an application. Uh, So that's my uh, two-cent legislative update today, Dave, and I just give everybody a heads up. Feel free to send me an email if you have questions, alice.alvi at indicom.net. Uh, we have a team of compliance experts that work with people on this subject every day. And do one awesome job. The best part is when you're discussing this topic is it Alice will make it as um, like Andy. Andy makes sense of the complex. Alice brings, you know, 
the the most mundane aspects of it, the most challenging aspects of it, and really makes you want to dive into. Very good educator, and also if you haven't had Alice speak at one of your conferences, folks, get a hold of Alice. I don't know if you can be able to get her. She's so popular out there and so booked up. But encourage you also on that. Thanks, Alice. I know you are just appreciate you dialing in today and just spending a few minutes with us. Really appreciate it. Have a great trip and uh, look forward to talking to you here soon. Thank you, Dave. Have a great day. You bet. All right, folks, we're going to be right back after this brief break. We've got the Prophet Doctor. We've got uh, Sam Garcia. And, of course, we've got the Hot Topics segment coming up. We'll be right back after this brief break. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. That is a good way to put it. Let them give you the edge. It's good to have Alice be a part of this. Appreciate her taking the time to dial in. Another person I value and appreciate so much is Sam Garcia with MortgageDaily.com. Sam, good to have you here with us, my friend. Hey, David. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm heading, off, heading off to Jersey, so I'm, I'm practicing my Jersey. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Anyway, <laughs> right. I'm, looking, I'm looking at your first story here on your website, Potential re- Refinance Wave Weakens. And we're looking at, yeah, granted, mortgage rates are inching up, but still, based on economic stuff, I'm not sure that we're going to see interest rates popping up. Tell us about this story and then give us a rundown on what's on your website, MortgageDaily.com. Well, that came from a report uh, published by Black Knight, uh, their mortgage monitor report. And that report came out before this last week or so, um, and it focused on you know how much rates had dropped during the first six weeks of the year. And they said that uh, you know that the number of uh, of potential people that want to refinance or that could benefit from a refinance was up substantially. I think it um, was like six and a half million potential prospects out there. And then they indicated, you know, if rates go uh, down a little further, it could jump up to eight and a half million. But if they, of course, go up a little bit, uh, then that number diminishes significantly. And I, you know, I was just kind of looking at uh, what rates had done from, you know, the date of uh, Freddie's last report till now and comparing it to their numbers. And it, it just kind of put a damper. You know, that report was kind of highlighting how the opportunity was there. But, you know, looking at where rates are just today, uh, it, you know, it looks, makes it look a lot weaker that we're going to have any kind of refinance wave, though I totally agree with you. Rates aren't going to jump a whole lot. Uh, the market's kind of keeping them down and doesn't look like world turmoil is going to uh, push them anywhere higher anywhere soon. <laughs> no, so. Not anytime soon, I don't think so, no. But you know, it's been interesting how the refinance waves and you know the opportunity for refinances has just uh, pretty much gone beyond everybody's predictions. And you know, every year yeah. we get all these economic uh, forecasts from the three main players out there, and every year they have to keep raising them because uh, the rates wind up going back down. And uh, you know, it seems uh, even though the Fed made their moves and they're not going to uh, uh, keep rates lower, uh, the market is. So um, yeah. here we are today. So. You know, I went to uh, Las Vegas last week. Um, I uh, attended the Ellie May Experience 2016 conference. It was at the Wynn oh, Casino. How was that? Was it well attended? Yeah, it was. They had a they had more than 2,000 people there. Uh, it was a wow. pretty upbeat attitude. Um, you know, and uh, I know you you were curious about what some of the topics that came up and what the the topic yeah. it seemed that was most at discussion, whether it was at the social places or you know any of the events that were going on, was Donald Trump. <laughs> he he uh, <laughs> definitely was something everybody was talking about. And and while you can either love him or hate him, which it seems to be the case one way or the other, nothing in the middle. Yeah. Um, it seemed like most of the people there weren't lovers, and I'll leave it at that. Um, oh, interesting. Got to interact, you know, with uh, the Ellie Mae founder, Sig Anderman, who I hadn't actually met before. And then, and of course, their CEO, Jonathan Kaur, and some of their yeah, other senior executives. Um, and just, you know, this really, uh, just based on talking with people there and talking with their executives, it's just a company that's got their stuff together. Um, of course, it's evidenced by their success in the, you know, since the mortgage crisis. They've really just grown so nicely and uh, just seem to uh, have taken on the right uh, uh, 
services and acquisitions and so forth to really make them a, a good service. And at full disclosure, they're an advertiser and have been one with us for a while. So um, I just want to let you know that. But I was talking to one of their executives, and it's interesting how he said uh, they've kind of created two organizations, uh, one that you know goes out and finds new business, but then another one that just focuses on helping existing clients maximize their operations and kind of compare you know, with some of their peers what they're doing and shows them what they're, they're not doing or areas where they're uh, you know, uh, spending too much time when they don't need to. And they, they actually have people sit in their offices and, and study the business, and it's all, of course, included as part of the LMA service. So that was kind of an interesting outlook. And uh, I talked to a CoreLogic executive there, and it kind of surprised me that, you know, he indicated that, uh, you know, that company is really uh, looking at appraisals as being a big part of their business. So CoreLogic sees that as a, as a uh, you know, of course, they bought LandSafe, so you know that's a, a good foothold to get a, a a good part of the business there. But uh, um, yeah. and, and you know, if we look at uh, just in conferences in general, uh, we've updated our conference calendar as we do all the time. We've got 63 events you know, that are mortgage related uh, listed for just this month. Uh, another 19 listed for April and 18 for May. So it's worth taking a look because you probably can find somewhere if you're already going to go. Um, uh, going to be there, why to pick up on a conference and, and of course, uh, attend something there. So um, our, our mortgage market index, which, of course, we put out each week, um, and it's a reflection of uh, average per user rate locks by clients of open close. It slipped 1% last week. Um, ARM activity tumbled 42%. And then on the other side was jumbo activity, which soared 44%, though I admit that those two categories tend to be volatile and jump up and down each week. So, uh, But... Uh, that's kind of what happened with some of the active new business last week. Um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics put out its report. Um, it was pretty uh, pretty good numbers as far as how many jobs were added, but with just just within the mortgage industry, um, the Bureau reported 299,000 non-bank mortgage jobs were out there, and that was actually down more than 1,000 jobs from December. So, of course, we take that information and we apply some of our market share data, and we come up with an estimate of about 642,800 people working in the mortgage business, including jobs at banks and uh, credit unions. And uh, that, that basically included 283,900 jobs at banks, uh, estimated 500. I'm sorry, 59,900 mortgage employees at credit unions, and then the 299,009 bank uh, mortgage jobs reported by the BLS. And, you know, right in line with that report was a Fortune magazine put out its Fortune 100 best companies to work for in 2016. Um, the highest-ranking company on that list and always ranks well is Quicken Loans. It was the 13th consecutive year for uh, Quicken to be on that list. And, and then not far behind, uh, number 30 on the overall list was Veterans United Home Loans. So and I think that was their uh, first time on the list. Um, EMBS put out, uh, they give us data each month about agency issuance. So for February, uh, fixed rate MBS issuance at the three housing finance agencies was down 10% from January. Uh, Fannie Mae took the biggest hit with its issuance uh, tumbling 15%. And then in line with what Paul was saying a little bit earlier, even though Ginnie Mae saw a dip in issuance for February, it actually had more fixed rate MBS issuance than either Fannie or Freddie for February. So, um, you know, that, that's unusual that you actually it surpasses both of those companies. And then uh, I was able to actually take a deeper look into Jenny's activity because it put out the operational data. And right. while it's, you know, while it's information or while it's uh, issuance was down in February, I did see that reverse mortgage issuance was up. So, uh, that's kind of interesting because reverse mortgages yeah, have kind of the volume's been sliding over the last year or so. So uh, it was interesting that we had a, a month that was up for them. Uh, one other thing I wanted to note was that Walter Investment announced that Daniel Beltzman has been elected chairman of the board over there, taken over from a retiring chairman that they had. So, uh, but those are some of the highlights from uh, from the last week, and uh, I'll keep it up and see That's what we got time. for next week next time. Did a good job. One of the things that you talked about, the, the Department of Labor has the uh, division called the Bureau of Labor Statistics you referenced, and I was looking at the labor participation rate. We bottomed out in September at 62.4, and now we're starting to, for several months now, have consistently started going up. That's a nice reversal. That's just a general macro trend here in the whole U.S. So 
Looks like we're seeing some job growth. We could just see the income growing as well, but it's good to good to have you here, Sam. Each and every week, thank you so much. Great website, folks. If you have not signed up to get uh, be a part of the, and receive the information from MortgageDaily.com, you can go to the website, MortgageDaily.com, or give Sam Garcia a call here. And uh, you can reach him at 214-521-1300 or go to MortgageDaily.com. Appreciate it, Sam. Have a great rest thank of the day. Thank you much, sir. Friend. Always a pleasure. Good to have you here, friend. And now what we're going to do is take a quick break, brief moment. I want to run over to Jim Jump, who's uh, the Arch MI's uh, mortgage insurance, Arch Mortgage Insurance's chief marketing officer, and learn more about the Rate Star program. Again, pleased to have them as a sponsor. Let's hear from Jim. Hello, David, and thanks for having me on the program. Today, I want to share some information about ArchMI's most dynamic and competitive rate program. It's called ArchMI RateStar, and it's a revolutionary mortgage insurance pricing solution that goes well beyond traditional MI rate sheets to provide our most competitive rates match precisely with your borrower. RateStar is now available, and all you need is your NMLS number to start using RateStar today. RateStar allows for our customers to obtain our most competitive rate for each loan they insure with ArchMI, and in many cases, with considerable savings over traditional rate card pricing. Mortgage originators are letting us know that they like how easy it is to access RateStar, just how easy it is to use, and they really like the innovative design. RateStar is available to our customers via ArchMI's website at ArchMI.com or ArchMICU.com for credit unions. And the mobile app is available for Apple and Android devices. It is fully integrated with most loan origination systems and product and pricing engines. And with that, David, I will turn it back over to you and say thank you for the time. It's good to have you with us, Jim. I love having the profit doctor with us. By the way, check out, um, go over to the website, Arch, um, Arch Mortgage Insurance. Go onto our website and click on the icon. It'll get you right over there. They have got some innovative products and get to know their your rep in your area. Their sales force is just so friendly, and I'm getting to know them. What a great group of folks. Well, let's get the profit doctor on here. It's always fun to have him join in and get his wisdom. And, uh, and I mean, he's got a lot of it. He takes some of the most complex aspects of the industry, and he's going to talk a little bit about one of the more complex parts, and that's hedging. And talk about that. And then we're always going back and forth while we're in the middle of the podcast. We're, we're texting back and forth and getting information. He was asked, talking to me about wage growth versus income growth, and I always love his thoughts. So... Prophet Doctor, good to have you here, my friend. Thank you, Mr. Licken. A pleasure, as always. Well, let me get the commercial out first, and that is Get the that commercial out, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, we're doing uh, our mortgage accounting and hedge series through the Mortgage Bankers Association Education uh, Department, and we have our third session this Thursday. It's not too late to sign up. Today, uh, this week, we're going to be talking about hedging, hedging for accountants, negative convexity, implied volatility, how they work, how you know, how it impacts things, pair-offs, loan sale gains, mandatory delivery commitments, all this stuff. And uh, so sign up if you'd like. So that's, Dave, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about because I'll, I'll be talking to folks, and I'll hear a business owner tell me, man, my secondary marketing guy is Awesome. He made a gain on his pair-off. We actually got paid money for his pair-off. And it's like, you oh. know, that's that's just it's like saying, uh, you know, two plus uh, – it, you're missing half the equation. It's just you yep, can't have exactly right. two plus two is four. It's two plus equal four. You've got to know what the other variable is. It's always yep. the loan sale gain plus the pair-off impact to get to your – total secondary marketing margin preservation, which that's the job of secondary marketing is margin preservation. So just because you have a pair-off gain just means that the rates were rising and your loan sale gain was less. So you got to look at how much did you make on your loan sale, which is going to be less, versus your uh, pair-off gain together should be your expected margin. So that's an important point. And uh, we teach accountants this stuff. That's the whole point is so that accountants can understand secondary marketing details and be able to understand what is a derivative asset, what is a derivative liability, where does it come from, how do you know it's right. And, uh, you know, I was looking through the the mortgage professional handbook 
uh, table of contents, and there's nothing in here that I can find about accounting. None of the details of loan accounting, none of the loan held for sale or interest rate lock commitment, unrealized gain, mark-to-market impact. I mean, all the things that I spend my life doing isn't even in this book that I can find. So we're going to have to be do interesting. It. We'll have to. Yeah, we have to get an amendment or an addition to this. Because yeah, you're. That's I did not realize that's not in there. So we absolutely got to get that covered. And there's no one better to do it than yourself. So. Yeah, accounting, great. accounting, accounting, accounting for mortgage banking loans still gain and. And analysis point about the NMLS reporting volume is not the same as Humda. It's based on ECOA apps, not RESPA apps. That is huge, and that she's made that point several times. And I'm I'm fearful it's going over people's heads because uh, yes. the accounting people are going to have to do the NMLS report. But that NMLS report is detail is not going to be the same. It's going to be a lot more than the Humda report. So that's a very important point to make. And the other last point, Dave, we were texting about, and that's wage growth versus job growth. Income you know, growth. Yeah, job growth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so job growth is quantity of people with jobs. Wage is how much they make. And if inflation is flat or negative, then you wouldn't necessarily expect people to make more, would you? Because the the reason you expect to see wage growth is, uh, well, one, one would be actually prices going up and efficiencies being brought to bear. But you know, inflation is flat for the most part, so except for housing. Anyway, we need Joe on the phone to get his get thoughts Joe on that. that. You and Joe can get in that, and he can share me all your wisdom and thoughts and all of that. It's interesting what we. I'm, I'm texting one of the producers at Fox and saying we need to get more of this discussion into uh, into the discussion in front of these uh, presidential candidates. So um, we'll hopefully get that done through uh, Cabuto, who I'm interacting with and hopefully going to have a chance to sit down with in New York here soon. So good to have you here, Andy. It's always fun to have Thanks, you be a Dave. part of it. it so much. I know you travel well, a lot. It's been uh, fun to watch. Not always, always in the house, but when you are. It's always good to have you yeah. participate in it, my friend. Folks, we if I don't, I'm not on, I still listen. I appreciate it, and we always want you here whenever you're in, when, when the doctor's in the house. We want the Prophet Doctor on the program, so it's good to have you, friends. All right, now I can have you participate in the Jess Letterman and Dr. J discussion here in just a minute, but before we go there, I want to get the KPI of the week from Mativity Solutions. We've got John Maynell here, Vice President of Client Services. John, what do you have for us this week? Thank you so much, Dave. Great to be here, as always. And this week's key performance indicator is a strategic KPI called conditional approval to resubmit, generally measured in days. And like any strategic KPI, it can quickly uncover and help improve any and all processes that contribute to it. Beyond the actual processing cycle time that it's measuring, it can lead to cleaning up the general communications and workflow between processing and underwriting. And you may recall from previous segments that when it comes to causes and effects in operations... These types of strategic KPIs are the effects that can be tied to operational KPIs that monitor the causes of those effects and can quite literally drive specific behaviors that will produce desired effects like the attainment of certain performance benchmarks, a very powerful aspect of mortgage business intelligence that again shows that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will thank you again and turn it back to you. Thank you so much, John. It's always interesting. What gets measured gets results. Uh, that's so true. Anyway, we're so excited to have with us in the Hot Topic segment, Jess Letterman and Jeff Leibowitz. So we're going to be working on enunciation very clearly because Jess and Jeff could get quickly confused. So anyone who has listened to either familiar with either of these gentlemen, you know that Jeff Leibowitz also is known as Dr. J, so we're not being disrespectful. It's just easier to get it sorted out as who is talking here. So welcome to the broadcast today. I need to turn on their mics. Ooh, I better do that right now. There we go. Click. Click. There we're gone. We got both of them live. Anyway, welcome to the program today. Jess Letterman and Jeff Leibowitz, both very much veterans of the industry and highly regarded, and uh, good to have you both here with us, gentlemen. Great to be, be here. here, and thanks for having us on, Dave. Oh, it's an honor and a privilege. You guys have got such distinguished careers and have been making valuable contribution to the industry for years. And, Jess, I'm really excited about a project that you invited me to participate in. It's called Mortgage Banking 2020, and people can go listen to it. Listeners, if you have not gone to MortgageBanking2020.com, do so. It is the book. It is the Mortgage Professional um, Resource Book. It's, it's called The Mortgage Professional's Handbook. 
And it's really a forward-looking document to help the next generation of mortgage bankers be successful. And we're so thrilled to have you both here and talking about it. Uh, Jess, let's start with you and talk a little bit about what is behind the book and really answer the question, why is it that you wrote a book? Aren't there enough books on mortgage banking already out there? (laughs) You know, you would think so, but I'll tell you briefly how this came about. I retired uh, uh, five years ago after 31 years of the business after my uh, my late uh, first wife was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and um, uh, subsequently uh, serve on a number of nonprofit boards and raise money for charities. And one of the ways I raise money is publishing books. I've done a lot of, you know, I've published over 40 books on the global financial markets over the last four decades or so. And uh, a a light bulb went out over my head uh, last June and I Googled books on mortgage banking. And what did I see? But the books that I published in the nineties, you know, I did a, a number of books in the eighties and nineties that, that have, were standard references for in the mortgage banking, the secondary mortgage market, and those books were still coming up on the, at the top of the page when I Googled it. But, you know, Dave, we all know the, the, world, the mortgage world has turned upside down since the 1990s. Everything has changed. So you know what I did? I, 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 the light bulb got a little brighter, and I, I got in touch with, uh, you know, Dave Stevens, uh, CEO at the NBA, Rock Andrews, the mortgage brokers, uh, Ted Tozer, a CEO at uh, Ginny May, uh, senior people at Fannie, Freddie, uh, you mentioned Jonathan Kaur earlier in the broadcast at Ellie May, uh, et cetera. And I said, guys, this is crazy. Uh, evidently, there are not enough books on, on uh, the mortgage business. Let's create the ultimate reference uh, book on how to succeed in the new world of mortgage finance, everything that's happened since the meltdown. Let's, let's, and let's look forward. And you know what? Let's all work for free. Let's donate 100% of the proceeds to, to charity. Yeah. And eight months later, right after they all said, hey, great idea, we're in, let's <laughs> do it. Uh, the Eight months later, we got the Mortgage Professionals Handbook. Uh, it's three volumes, 51 chapters by 56 of the, of the best people in the uh, uh, industry leaders. And um, it, it is phenomenal. I mean, uh, it's it's the, the best thing I've ever done. I really think there's never been anything like it. Uh, and uh, you know, it's it's not only an incredible resource, but it's but you know, like I said, every penny is going to charities that are focused on uh, like finding that. a cure for ALS or uh, the NBA's Open Door Foundation or uh, an organization called My House that helps uh, a homeless youth. And and Dave, you know, as you can imagine. Throughout these three volumes, technology is a is a big topic. Uh, but I knew, uh, you know, even though it, it's interwoven into many, if not most, of the chapters, I knew I needed some been there, done that guru to write the definitive overview chapter on technology. And I finally tracked him down in tracked beautiful down. Bend, Oregon, and uh, let you uh, maybe take it from there. Well, it's so good to have. Uh, Jeff Jeff Leibowitz, we're going to refer to as Dr. J. That's his nickname. He has been with the Mortech Report, has been around forever. And, uh, Jeff, it's really good to have you here. I want to make sure your mic is on, alive and well. Well, can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me now? Yes, we do. Good to have you yeah, here. Yeah, you can hear me. Uh, well, it's do. nice so, to call uh, the guru. It makes me feel like I have to give my speech in Hindi. We're coming to, well, you know, there's some nice mountaintops. I've done some wonderful snow skiing in the Bend Air, Oregon area, and it's a beautiful part of the area. So you both are now in the Portland, uh, in the state of Portland, and uh, so uh, it's good to have that wisdom there. The, the state's going up. The IQ's going up with the two of you there for sure. Good, smart people well, all over Hopefully they appreciate so. us. Yes. Well, we appreciate you. appreciate your contribution. and. And you made a significant contribution to this book, as Jess said. And I want to know, why is it you decided to contribute to this? And then talk a little bit about um, what your contribution specifically was. And I should say for the listeners, Jeff represents, Dr. J represents many of us. There's a large group of us and would love to have, and probably will over a period of time, have a number of these guests come on. Uh, that our participants to this book have them come on and talk about this because I think this is a valuable resource that needs to get out. But let's get to you, Dr. Jay, and specifically why you decided to contribute to this book. Well, the last good book I read about mortgage banking was published in 1989. 
called Mortgage Banking, a Handbook of Strategies, Trends, and Opportunities, editor Jess Letterman. It's been my Bible yeah. over the years, and when Jess invited me to participate, uh, I felt like I, something I really wanted to do. And um, the other thing about working with Jess, he's a very liberal editor, and he'll let me say anything I want. <laughs> and, and, and and I think I did. I think I, I said quite quite a bit. Um, let me give you a little background, if I might. Uh, I went yeah, to Fannie please. Mae as the head of strategic planning in 1982, and that was really for us. It was a, a time we had not yet ordered our first personal computer, and uh, wow, I uh, I felt that. <laughs> Hard to uh, yeah, I mean, that, those days do exist. And uh, as part of the head of strategic planning, I, my, my point of view was that technology would be really a key attribute of Fannie and, and the industry. Our studies showed that um, mortgage companies were generally lagging behind banking, Wall Street. And um, we found that the, the real reason was that the industry is very fragmented. No matter what the talk is and has been about industry consolidation, we found in our studies that 80% of the industry originates less than $500 million a year. And that is too small a company to really support um, an active adoption of new technologies. Um, and the industry, you know, our, our point of view is industry's health was somewhat dependent or are largely dependent on a good technolo technological infrastructure. And to, to give you, let me give you an example of what we're talking about. And let me use cloud computing as as an example. Uh, cloud computing really became uh, a force in the late 1990s, and the first company that commercialized cloud computing was Salesforce. Dot com in 1999, where they, they built a very large platform, very open platform, for people to build applications that ran on their cloud platform. Uh, in mortgage, on the other hand, it took 10 years before we had a successful uh, cloud offering that came from Ellie Mae, uh, which was Ellie Mae's Encompass SaaS offering, as software as a service. Um, and the industry as a whole is very dependent on um, on vertical application vendors like LMA, uh, like Black Knight. And so most of yeah, the yeah. innovation is done by these vertical application vendors. But the industry is, is really plagued for the notion that it takes a very long time for a new technological innovation to find the use in mortgage banking. And we all suffer from that. That is an understatement. And is all the regulations and TRID, the trauma of TRID, what it's done and taking the focus off of innovation? And uh, do we see, in, do you see innovation coming back into the market? Or are we going to be in this stuck where we're at? Because well, you, in your chapter, by the, it's, by the way, it's volume two, chapter seven, and I love the name of this. All the other chapters in the book have, uh, we, we, it's the subject. But this chapter is titled Leibowitz, colon, Technology Past, Present, and Future. So you're so well-known about this, and you've written about it for so long. <laughs> Jess gave you the, that's the title of the chapter, Leibowitz, Technology Past, Present, and Future. And I'm really interested in your perspective as you look over the historical perspective that you have. Is the forward thinking, the future, what, what do we look forward to? Everything things, we got the Rocket Mortgage app that's out there. We have a lot of initiatives on the mobile. Is, is it really going to be shifting there, Dr. J? Well, it's a question of how you define innovativeness. Uh, certainly, um, Rocket Mortgage is a step forward. Uh, but I, you know we have we have a, a serious structural problem um, that's caused by uh, the increase in regulation, a regulation that really is very disruptive of natural trends in the industry, where the focus is strictly on strictly on data that's required for regulation, and taking a lawyer's point of view that all the data has to be exactly right all the time. 
Um, we we have we have what I regard is is a as a, a form of statism that has seeped into uh, a, a form of what? Repeat government. that. I didn't hear that clearly. When you said a form of what? Statism. It's called statism. S T A T I S M. Okay. In, in which statism is where the government really dictates the rules as opposed ah, to yes. regulating the rules. And, um, you know, I, I, I've come to believe that the CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Board, is in fact the most dangerous agency in Washington. Um, wow. They more than anybody else. Hmm? That's a big statement well, think, coming from I think they, your you know, they legacy. embody the philosophy of statism. Yeah, and, they do. Um, everything they, Which is they're doing. Huh? Which this Sorry? administration seems to have. Yes, I agree. Well, no, yes. It, it's clearly something that's, that is, that uh, is, if not promoted, certainly is tolerated by the Obama administration. And, well, you know, what this turned has turned into is vigilante regulatory enforcement. And that yes. has caused real distortions in how money is spent by mortgage lenders. It used to be that 70% of technology expenditures by by a lender is spent on, on maintaining their systems. It's now 70% that is uh, allocated to uh, compliance. And mm-hmm. so that really has interrupted our ability uh, to to invest in new technologies. It's It's... Uh, certainly has discouraged uh, new uh, uh, and innovative startups in the industry. And most of the what would be innovative capital is now being spent on mergers and acquisitions, a consolidation, as yeah, opposed to bringing out new technologies. Yeah. So you, talk you know, I, go, ahead. go ahead. Finish their thought there. I have a, another question for you. Go ahead. No, well, you know, our, our feeling is, is that, um, you know, CFPB's budget is $630 million a year. But their their policies alone have increased the cost of originating a mortgage by over $2,000 since uh, yeah. 2011. And, you know, that's a, that's a $6.5 billion, billion hit to the industry. And, bring, and that's, that's very discouraging. Very discouraging. I love the that brings back the Ronald Reagan quote, uh, the nine most feared words in the English language. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. It kind of helps, like brings the whole focus <laughs> onto that. Uh, Jeff, as you, for those, there's so many good chapters here that are in this book yeah. uh, that Jess has gathered. We're going to go back to Jess in just a minute. But one of, one of the reasons that you think people should really read this Chapter entitled not Chapter Seven of Volume Two: Leibowitz Technology, Past, Present, and Future. What's the What's the couple reasons why people should grab this and Volume, and specifically go to this chapter? What were you trying to communicate for the future? Well, it certainly it certainly documents our thinking over a period of time um, and how technology has evolved, and where it's going. What are, What are the primary technologies? Uh, the, the three backbone technologies of the future which are big data analytics, which is a continuation and focus on mobile technology. And um, and the third would be uh, um, the cloud computing trend, which is really in its infancy. And so our planning yeah. should involve how we're going to take these three fundamental technologies and how to make them more part of how we do business. That's that's well, in the chapter, it. hmm? and, and you write about it eloquently in the chapter. You've always written well. I've always enjoyed what you've written, as well, Paul nice Mollo said earlier. It's, well, you, you you just do a great job. I admire someone who writes well. I I do the talking part of it. Okay, it's writing. It's always a challenge, which comes back to Jess. I want to come back to you, Jess. I mean, you should look at you gathered a very unique group of many people contributing to this book. Talk about some of the other chapters, but how do you bring something like this together where there's a cohesive uh, – it flows? And I mean, the chapter I wrote, you were very focused on how it came together. So this is truly a three-volume series, but really one that flows one chapter into another very nicely. How did you pull that off? 
Well, uh, I'll tell you, working with a, a lot of, uh, of uh, smart veterans like uh, like yourself, uh, Dave, uh, helped a lot. But there, you know, many common themes. Um, and you know, for example, the, the new approaches that are that have been emerging uh, since the uh, since the meltdown that are gathering speed now. Uh, Jeff just mentioned uh, big data uh, runs a theme throughout many of these chapters. Garth Graham at Stratmore, great chapter on how big data is going to revolutionize retail lending. Um, uh, one of your guests wow. talked about uh, one of the big mortgage co-ops, mortgage co-ops playing an increasing role. We've got chapters on on revolutionary new approaches to sales hiring and training. We're looking at you know big big themes like the changing demographics in this country. How do you market to millennials, particularly when you're looking at direct consumer marketing? Uh, and then on the flip side, the aging baby boomers like you know hey the three of us right. So what do we got in our futures? <laughs> Dentures and reverse mortgages right. Deal with it. <laughs> Dentures then, uh, and the reverse broker, mortgages. <laughs> mortgage broker community unfairly maligned uh, in the in the meltdown. Mortgage brokers are the best sales professionals in the world. Plain and simple, sure. we've got lots of chapters on sales and marketing. But also, you know, you wrote a superb chapter, uh, Dave, on uh, on broker to banker. Uh, you know, how do you think uh, that decision through? Uh, should a broker become a banker? Under what circumstances? And then for those who decide, yeah, it is the right move. Lots of chapters that we have about you know what happens next. Uh, regulation and compliance, huge theme. Uh, Chris Appy, a compliance system, wrote an amazing overview chapter. But this is a theme throughout the uh, throughout the book. And you know, for example, uh, Blair Allen, uh, you know, now that uh, thanks to the CFPB, uh, you know, an yeah. MSA agreement will get you an orange jumpsuit more likely than not. So uh, joint ventures are, uh, you know, are, are, we're back yeah. to the future with joint ventures. Servicing, people retain servicing uh, uh, you know, more and more uh, in, in recent years. Chapters on subservicing, fantastic chapter on special servicing, which, of course, has become a big deal since the meltdown. Uh, uh, the rise of credit unions and, uh, and community banks. And then, of course, volume three that focuses on uh, capital markets, secondary marketing. The profit doctor uh, brought up accounting. It is a topic that is, doesn't have its own chapter, but is discussed in some of the chapters, uh, although um, we're planning on some follow-ups that will be uh, more specialized um, uh, follow-up books on both credit risk management and uh, capital markets, and we'll love to have one on accounting in there. Um, secondary marketing, Theta, Fannie, and Freddie, what might replace them? What's the future of uh, non-agency um, uh, secondary market. Wow. And uh, in fact, uh, I wrote a chapter, Dead Men Can't Sell Loans. And you know me, I'm a humble guy, but I'm telling you, my chapter alone is worth the price of, of, of all the books. Of book. uh, capital markets, we've got lots of, of chapters that'll, that are, you know, the nerd, nerds are, are going to love, and, and I'm as big a nerd as anyone. Uh, but if there was a, a key to success in, in my career, it was combine my inner nerd with a uh, with with doing deals with with being a deal maker with being someone who did loans others couldn't do you know if i was back in the business uh uh today i'd probably open up a shop called non qm loans are us and you know how do you do the impossible deals that that cement your relationship with key referral sources and you leverage that into all kinds of vanilla business i've even got in my chapter Dave, the secret of success normally people would have to wait decades it probably you know it cost them a brick or two right to get the secret to success yes. and using your promo code you're you're giving everyone your promo code tms tango mike sierra to get the three books for only a hundred dollars along with my secret of success that would otherwise cost you who knows how much and we've got 17 excerpts from uh uh right now and we'll add more uh chapter excerpts on my uh the website mortgagebanking2020.com mortgagebanking2020.com um there's 17 yes. chapter excerpts people want to get a little feel for it that's excellent stuff it's just hard to believe how time flies here we do these podcasts it's just crazy the drums are starting up telling us we are out of time i want to thank you so much both of you dr J. And Jess uh, Letterman for being here. Of course, we have been had as our guest this week, Jess Letterman and Jeff Leibowitz, also known as uh, Dr. J. And both contributed, as well as many of us contributed to the book, Mortgage Professional Handbook. You can check it out at mortgagebanking2020.com. Order yours there. 
you go to the purchase book, put in the code TMS, which is the initials for my company. Would love to get it. One question just came in. Is there going to be an audio book on this thing? Great for those of us who love to listen. Someone just texted me that. In fact, it was the Prophet Doctor, and I was going to ask the same question. Is there going to be an audio version of this? We'll, uh, you know what? It's, it's what a great idea. I love it. Yeah, Prophet Doctor always has good ideas. And it's so good to have you every with us, everybody. Appreciate it. Tell everyone if we're, uh, to come back and refer us in here. I was jumping over, taking a look at the markets. MBS Quote Line says the markets are continuing to, the prices are falling, rates are heading higher. Be sure to come back. We've got Phil Bracken with us next week talking about Homeowner Alliance, a program you must learn about. Be here with us next week. Good to have you with us, everybody. Have a great week, and see you back here next week. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week and thank you for listening.